This is the old Trailblazer broadcast. This is Pastor Albert Pendorvis, the old Trailblazer, riding out on old faithful Dan. Come on, Dan. Dan and I are both a little bit weary at this time, but you you pray for us. Pray for old Dan. Pray for me. As we get out the gospel day by day on the old Trailblazer broadcast, and I tell you what, I appreciate each one of you who have called or written or emailed me, telling me how much you appreciate the broadcast and all of those things, and you want us to stay right there on the station where you are. And we're going to do that if it's a, if it's a, uh, possible at all. We, we're having to make some financial adjustments because of the economists a little bit down, and some of our good givers have gone on to be with the Lord in the last six months. And those things, are, they put a little crimp in your style, if you will. But you help me with the broadcast if you can, and then pray for me. Many, many, many hundreds of you have called me and written me and said you want us to stay on your station. So you you help me with the broadcast if you can and pray for me, and then uh, let me hear from you. But we bring you this series of studies now on the blood redemption, blood in the Old Testament, and then we'll get to blood in the New Testament later on. But in our last study, we were looking there at Cain and Abel, how that they both brought their offering until the altar there that had been built, and the Lord accepted uh, Abel's offering and consumed it by fire. And then Cain brought his offering of the fruit of the ground, and uh, they stood there. Both of them stood there. God had accepted Abel's offering, but he rejected Cain's offering because it was not by blood. Now, my friend, salvation is by blood and by power. And we have no... We, we have no axe to grind or anything, but we're just bringing you God's Word. And uh, the difference was not in the nature of the men, the, but the nature of their sacrifice. Abel was no better than Cain. Why did not Cain bring a sin offering first? He was self-willed. I have folks write me, call me, and say, Pastor, why? Why hasn't the Lord saved me? And one of the things, and I, I try to be as kind and gentle as I know how to be, with every soul, and uh, you'd be surprised how many folks call me and ask me, why Why am I not saved? Well, one of the prevailing things that I see, prevalent thing, is your will has never been broken. The Lord has to break that will. Old Cain's will had to be broken. It never was broken. He went to hell. That's right. Cain went to hell. Now, let's just be honest about it, my friend. He went out from the Lord, killed his brother, and... Uh, but why are you not saved at this time? Old Trailblazer, want to be honest with you, concerned about your soul. Why aren't you saved? You say, well, I just don't know why I'm not saved, Pastor. Well, just think about it. Has your will ever been broken? Have you ever seen yourself as a sinner, taking your place as a sinner? And I've asked you oftentimes, go there and read the first three chapters of Romans if you disagree with total depravity and that we just continue con- con- I completed that study on total depravity, and I made you this offer. You write me, I'll quote you a price on that whole series on CDs, about 20 CDs, and I'll make you a price you can't turn down on the total depravity. You can hear it again and then give it to someone. But Abel, uh, the Lord accepted his offering because it was blood. Blood. Listen, and then uh, Cain, I had no sense of sin. Saw no need of atonement. I've known folks and uh, who would have told me, he said, I'm just as good as that fellow sitting in the pew up there at the big church. Well, he probably is. But listen, Cain said, I believe there's a God or I wouldn't come here to worship. 
I want to be saved. I want to go to heaven when I die. But I'm not coming like Abel, my brother. I hate this blood offering. And I imagine that he stood there and looked upon those two offerings. He said in his heart, I live a good life as Abel does. He probably knew more about Abel than, than you and I will ever know about anyone. But look here at my offering. It's a lot more prettier. It's a lot prettier than Abel's offering. Why won't the Lord accept it? Look there at that bloody, gory mess. There at that dead victim called a sacrifice. Look at all those burnt ashes. I hate it. I don't want it. Now, that's just paraphrasing what Adam, what Cain said to himself. Maybe said out loud. If you said, if I got to come that way, I won't come at all. So he counted the blood of the covenant a common thing and did despite to the Spirit of God, according to Hebrews 10.29. So do you see, my friend, a picture of yourself and myself by nature? That's a picture of every sinner, self-willed. I see that uh, so much today. You know, I, I grew up back there in the Depression area. I was born in 1929, and, and kids were, were made to be obedient uh, to their parents and all those things, and I appreciate that. I'm glad it was. But now I see, I see a self-will in children that that I didn't see when I was a kid because there there was discipline. My father was a disciplinarian, and uh, most of the folks that I knew were discipline dis, disciplinarian. I told folks here when I was going to school, we rode a school bus, and I remember the school bus driver. He was very very uh, kind, gentle man. Every, every year at Christmas, he got a couple of cases of apples and give each one of us a, a big old red apple when we got off the school bus. He was a gentle man. And, uh, but yet, I've seen him take the boys by the lap of the neck and straighten them up on the bus. You boys now, you want me to take you off of this bus and give you a good spanking? I'll do that with my belt. That's right. But no more. Oh, they'd have him in jail. Now, if he did that or if he even intimidated or it, it made out like he was going to do it. But listen. The picture we see here is a picture of every individual pitting his will against God, never seeing himself as a guilty, <coughs> never seeing his need uh, of redemption, never seeing his need of redemption. You never felt the keen edge of the sword and uh, of a just and sin-hating God. Did you know God hates sin? The Lord God of heaven hates sin. And I often tell my folks here, no individual will ever enter heaven's doors, heaven's gates, with known sin, with sin. No, you can't, you can't enter there. You can't go there. You can't go there, my friend. Oh, we hear so much sentimentality now about going to meet mama and going to be with papa and all those things. That's not true, my friend. If you never washed in the blood, you're not going to meet mama. You're not going to meet papa. They may not be there either. Let's get over all this sentimental jerk stuff that we, uh, uh, knee-jerk and stuff that we got now. Let's, let's face fact. Man is of nature, by nature a sinner, and he must be redeemed. He must be washed in the blood. He must be cleansed. He must have a sacrifice to hold up to the Lord, a blood sacrifice whom the Lord has provided. That's one of the things that just astounds me. Here we are preaching the gospel day by day on a regular basis, Holding up Christ as your sacrifice, a sacrifice for sin, and folks won't have it. My folks won't have it. My congregation, many of them won't have it. They rather sit back and whine and, and blame God for not being saved instead of claiming, clinging to the promises of God. 
Oh, but listen, my friend. Listen, you have a Cain. There we see Cain turning away from that altar, angry, angry with God. What, is that you, my friend? Are you angry because the old trailblazer uh, maybe mentioned that you're a sinner? Are you? Cain refused to bring an offering, a blood offering, and that's you, and that's me. Present-day religion, as I see it, and I believe you see it, is Christless, bloodless, and hopeless in every respect. Let me tell you something, friend. You will come God's way or go to hell. You will come God's way or go to hell. Now, let me just give you a, a little illustration of what we have today in our religious circles, popular circles, Protestant circles, by, as all mostly what I know about, big churches on the corner on the hill with stained glass windows and Dr. So-and-so as a pastor. And uh, they have what they call decision days. They, they get the children together in the Sunday school room, and they said, now, we're going to have decision days next Sunday. Don't y'all want to make the pastor happy? Don't y'all want to make mom and papa happy? And they all, little old fellas, they all raise their hand. So the next Sunday, the pastor comes around each Sunday school room and say, okay, Mr. Teacher, you got, you got the children ready? You got them all ready? Yes, sir, pastor, we got them all ready. And they bring them in this church, set them on the front two or three rows. And the pastor says, now, how many of y'all want to trust Jesus today? And every one of those little old fellas, having been uh, primed, they hold their hand up. They hold their hand up. They want to be saved. They want to trust Jesus. Is that salvation, my friend? No. Not by any stretch of the imagination, that's not salvation. No. And then the pastor says, well, that's good. You trusted Jesus. Now you're saved, and y'all be back tonight. We're going to baptize you. And they baptize those children. And they go out of that church that night believing that they're saved, believing that they have been saved, my friend. I've seen it. I've seen it over and over and over again. And they don't deny it. The religious world does not deny that. Other religions have even worse than that. They baptize children at birth and call that salvation. They baptize them as soon as they're born, sprinkle them, and they say, that's salvation. Say they're washed. But my friend, that's, that's error. That's what the old trailblazer does, is refute error. But listen, listen, my friend, you're going to come God's way or not be saved. It's not uh, by this so-called uh, type of religion that we're describing. It's not by visions and dreams. It's not called so-called gospel of divine healing. It's not any type of religious experience. It's by blood redemption in Christ. And in Christ alone. I have folks write me and they say, I don't want your bloody religion. I don't want that. I want to be saved. I want to go to heaven when I die. But I don't want uh, to be saved like you are, Trailblazer. I don't want to be saved like you say the Bible says a person must be saved by coming as a poor, lost, wretched sinner, pleading the blood, pleading Christ. That's the way Cain, my friend. That's the way of Cain. Now, that's the way of the present-day religious world that I know about. The natural man hates blood redemption. The natural man is angry with God and is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be, according to Romans 8, 7. Now, let me tell you something else, friend. Your will, your old stubborn will must be broken, and you'll come to Christ 
as a lost sinner, bowing your head, bowing your knee, bowing your heart, bowing everything you got, bowing your pocketbook probably, as a lost sinner with blood in the basin, or you'll go out into eternity lost and undone, my friend. Now, I've often think, and I often mention here in our service, would you just think about eternity? You know, I conduct a lot of funerals. I go to a lot of funerals. I go to nursing homes. I go to the hospital. And I see folks right on the brink of eternity. And I'm so sad and saddened because I see folks laughing and joking. I, I go to the hospital when someone's having a serious surgery where they may not make it, and the folks in the waiting room is laughing and ha ha and making cracking jokes. Even the pastor, even the pastor of their church, cracking jokes. And this man is in there between heaven and hell, my friend. Oh, my friend, we need to wake up. We need to wake up, folks. Would you ask the Lord for the old trailblazer? Give me grace to be true to the hearts of men, my friend. Nobody's being true, hardly. Hardly anyone's being true. We'll get into that in our next study. But the old trailblazer wishes I could come out there and drink a cup of coffee with you. Wherever you are up there in Huntington, West Virginia, or wherever, Roanoke, Virginia, wherever you are, Grand Rapids, Michigan, let me, let me hear from you. Would you do that? And tell me that you know the Lord. Tell me how the Lord saved you. If you would, I appreciate it. Remember the old trailblazer? Uh, my website, radiomissions.org, and then my mailing address, the old trailblazer, post office box 1810, Walker, Louisiana, 70785. And my only desire, my only motive is to see you come to know the Lord in the forgiveness of sin and be prepared to spend eternity with the Lord in heaven and not in that terrible place called hell. Goodbye and God bless you.